Financial decisions. You face them at every turn. Do you ever feel lost? Do you ever feel like you might be missing something or making a mistake? Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner at Step Right Capital Planning. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Step Right with Lynn. Today, my guest is Tan Campbell, and Tan has a very interesting story to tell us. I met Tan some years back, and I'm really looking forward to hearing his story again, and also getting caught up on uh, what's new in the recent years as well, because we haven't talked for it has been a while for right. quite a few years. Now, I believe it was a Lions Club meeting that I yes. spoke at. Yes, was that's that the right. first place I met you, or was it? I met you through Tammy. Tammy, my daughter Tammy, was doing some scouting out for Arcady, I think, originally. Yes, okay, I remember. And so yes. I think that was the first contact. Right. And not sure whether you spoke for Kiwanis at the same I time I think I believe I spoke well. at Kiwanis as well, yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's neat how connections from past speaking engagements and tours... Yeah, you know, coming back and, and yes. connect, making reconnections. And, it, and so. it was someone from that heard you at the Lions meeting, right? That uh, suggested that maybe you would have time to come and do a podcast today. Wonderful. Well, he was quite excited to say that he when he heard that I was coming in to do the interview with you. Yeah, so, yeah, and that's again, great. I appreciate yeah. the invitation to come and share, considering who you've had on the show. Yeah, yeah. So it's great that you happen to be in the neighborhood today. Where's home these days? So I live in Hamilton, Ontario. I live downtown. My parents actually were born and bred in in the Hamilton region. So for me, even though I never grew up in Hamilton, it feels like I'm I'm home because I've heard so much growing up about what Hamilton was all about in its kind of glory days. And I feel that Hamilton's kind of climbing back into and maybe maturing back into a new era of ambition of innovation and you know steel is still there yeah but hamilton is just so much more than what people assume it to be and i'm proud to say i'm from hamilton but also to promote it and help people come and and see what it's all about through art crawl through super crawl all the different events that are going on wonderful wonderful tell us about your family yeah, they're growing. I can't believe, like, I, my oldest, Darren, he is in first year at uh, Waterloo studying mechanical engineering. No way. Absolutely. Oh, so wow. right now, I guess maybe in the middle of exams, ending the first year. So very proud of him. He's done very well. I believe he had the choice of schools to go to, but he chose the best. He, he, he went to, to Waterloo for yep. uh, that program anyways. Uh, my son Matthew is at Hamilton District Christian High School in grade 10. He does very well. He's, he's the athlete in, in, the, in the family, plays hockey, lacrosse, baseball, soccer. Yes. So he, uh, he lives a very full life, busy doing all of those. But uh, he's just very social as well. And he has a really good circle of friends that he, he hangs out with. And what I really have appreciated seeing is the coaches in his life also become a real um, stabilizing effect and mentorship in, in his Wonderful. life as well. Uh, my son Joshua is in grade 7. He's also very athletic, plays basketball, plays hockey, soccer, golf, all of that. So 
So he's, uh, yeah, he's coming into his own and he's doing very, very well. I really appreciate when I sit down with a, a teacher, you know, at parent teachers, they're like, we don't have to say too much. He's, he's doing great and he's a joy to have. And so that's a, that's a real pleasure great. as a that's parent. Great. Especially to, at that age, that's hear. wonderful. <laughs> and so my youngest, Rachel, she's in grade four. Aww. And that's when it's like, oh my goodness, my youngest is, you know, grade four. And, yeah. But uh, she's into gymnastics and dance. But she's my youngest and I'll be honest, I know I spoil her. And, but we get along. We, we connect on a lot of different things. And her big thing now is baking. She really likes to be in the kitchen oh, and, nice. and bake. So I want to encourage her in that. So they're all doing very well and they're growing. And yeah, they're good people. And that's not just coming from bias as a parent. It's coming from other parents talking about my kids. I'm sure they I are good that. people. So, yeah. Yeah. I think we've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, you've written a book, I believe. I since have. I have spoken Absolutely. With so I don't know. Yeah, I guess a book wasn't out. So Orphan 32, you can't see it on the podcast, but I'm holding it up is the title of the book. And I spent 2010, 2012 writing the book. I was working for uh, Trinity Western University at the time. And uh, just unfortunately, things didn't work out. And I was released at the end of 2012. So I thought, oh, I finished my book. This would be great. I'll be able to go on tour in 2013. Well, it took all of 2013 to publish, print, edit, right, and finally get it printed. So it came out in December of 2013. Uh, But I had pre-sold about 200, 250 books before it came out and then launched it in December and then started selling 2014. And we're now up to 5,000 books. Awesome. So very exciting on how well. And the support has been amazing for the book, for the story, similar to this morning with the Provost Club. People coming up just affirming not only the story, but I guess if you want to call it my capability of sharing it and just the impact it is on people. So very exciting things happening with this because, well, first of all, two documentaries have been done on the story besides all of the media and newspapers and all of that. So there was a, an actual uh, film director from Hamilton that did the documentary, uh, won an award at the Canadian Documentary or Film Awards in Vancouver on her project. So Kudos to Adriana Fix from Fix Media who did that. And then a student from Ryerson, Michaela Colville, did her thesis and her final project in documentary studies on our story. And she put a a story called uh, The Flight by Michaela Colville. And uh, it went to Hot Docs and did very well. So very proud of her. That's great. So the next step is for me to produce more of a personalized story, documentary. Maybe adding on to someone like Michaela's or a combination of the two. Hmm. Interview my father over in Vietnam. And yeah, hopefully that will go to Toronto International Film Festival. That's awesome. So that's on the more of the video or film side. I'm actually taking this book and turning it into a children's illustrated version. And so we have an Ontario-wide art contest right now for any people who are connected to art students, whether in high school or college level. We're offering a $2,000 scholarship for this summer. Uh, We're picking the winner in June. They'll work over the summer with me for the 13 illustrations that I need for the book. They'll have a private art show with me in September at Supercrawl in in Hamilton, another great Hamilton event that people look forward to. And then uh, hopefully take the pictures, the illustrations, 
and we'll have a book by October because I'm planning to go out on a tour in October and and be selling it for the Christmas season. So that's exciting. Lots of exciting things happening. And what I call the BHAG or Big Hairy Audacious Goal that I've always had is turning this into a movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually sat down with a Hollywood director, Christopher Bissett, from St. Catharines, Ontario. We're in preliminary talks, but he's very interested in the possibility of turning this into a feature film that you would go to the theaters and actually watch. So lots happening and we're very excited about the. So, Tan, you've mentioned family here. You've mentioned father in Vietnam. You better tell the listeners a little bit about your story and what this story is. Well, to get into the story, like more of a Coles notes, the story surrounded the Vietnam War in 1975. I was born in 1973. I know people are doing the math. So, 1975, Canada brought out around 57, 60 children at the very tail end. They had another flight that happened earlier in April, but the last flight out, they brought out about 60 children. And they uh, had rescued them. They took them out in the back of a Hercules C-130 plane. So it was actually a Royal Canadian Air Force plane that took us out. The pilot was uh, Bob Nicholson, and Cliff Zacharias was the captain. And they actually flew us out in the back of the plane in cardboard boxes, banana boxes, and orange crates. Now, these were the infants that were put into the boxes, and then the older ones sat along kind of the outside. As this plane was taking off, the nine-year-old who was on the plane, one of the nine-year-olds, hears this sound. And it was actually the sound of bullets hitting the hull of the plane, but never penetrating, so it didn't do permanent damage. And so as we climbed higher above the ground fire, we made it safely. We went to Hong Kong. We flew into Hong Kong. They took care of us us over there overnight. And then uh, some of the children were too sick. They couldn't continue on. But the remaining around 57 of us continued on to Vancouver, to Canada. And then the story is that we left two children in Vancouver. We think they were pre-adopted to either a family in the States or that area. And then the remaining of us we continued on an Air Canada flight from Vancouver to Toronto. And it was in Toronto, uh, they brought us to a place called Surrey Place Centre, and uh, that's when the Canadian families adopted us, right? That's where they came to meet us for the first time. So it was actually a Cambridge family that adopted me. He was a pastor from Galt. He was a pastor of Presbyterian Church in Galt, um, Reverend William Campbell. They had three of their own children, what we call homegrown, and then they adopted two boys through a lady named Helen Allen, through the newspaper called Today's Child with Helen Allen. And so when they had heard about these Vietnamese children, they made the phone call, and they were chosen as one of the families to receive one of the children. So when we flew into Surrey Place Center, um, it was about a week that we had been there when the Campbells actually got their call. So we flew in on the 12th into Vancouver from Toronto on the 13th. Campbells didn't get their call till the 17th. So somewhere between the 13th and the 17th, I had been pre-adopted to another family that must have fallen through. Campbells got their call, and the rest is history. Right. So I grew up in the Campbell family in the Cambridge area, and I always call Cambridge home, even though I live in, in Hamilton and love Hamilton. Cambridge is always considered home for me. 
Uh, eventually moved out to the Maritimes. We went through university here in Ontario at Redeemer University College. And then I was working for an organization, and I share my story wherever I go. Like you, you're very concerned with organizations that help children around the world and, and making the world a better place. So I was working mm-hmm. for one of these organizations, but I was speaking in Sarnia, Ontario. Yes. So a few hours away. And I'm finished telling my story, and a family comes up to me, and they're quite excited. And I know people connect with the story and our interests on different levels, but they're quite excited saying, we think we know someone who is on the same plane as you back in 1975. Lynn, I had never met anyone who shared this story with me. See, I grew up in Cambridge and we moved out to the Maritimes. No one had a story like mine. I was pretty unique in every community that I I lived Mm -hmm. in. And so when they said this, I'm like, oh, there were a lot of people who came out during that time. Probably not the same flight. So I gave them my business card. And that was on a Sunday. On Friday night, I get a phone call. Hi, my name is Trent Kilner. I live in Sarnia, Ontario, and I was on the same flight as you. Can you imagine? Like, I'm middle of dinner time. I don't normally pick up the phone, and I get this on the end of the phone. So I said, how do you know? And he says, well, Helen Allen, Victoria Leach, they flew us out from Saigon to Hong Kong, Hong Kong to Vancouver, Vancouver to Toronto. And we ended up in Surrey Place Center. So all the right names, all the right places. Amazing, right? Yes. So I'm like, wow, this is phenomenal. So we got to meet each other and swap stories. And it was interesting how Mm -hmm. similar our stories were, what kind of families were brought us into. So we met and then we started kind of thinking, okay, what's the possibility or how would we go about meeting others? If we could meet each other, there is a potential to meet the others that flew with us. Yes. So uh, we had the opportunity to meet Victoria Leach in person. While we were there, the Toronto Star and the CBC were also there interviewing us. And the Toronto Star journalist actually found a picture of me. In all these archive photos, he pulled one out and it was my picture. Pretty cute kid. I, uh, I believe it's on your you. website. Thank you very much. So if you, if you go to orphan32.com, you'll see the picture yeah, pretty there. pretty cute. And my dad was in the room and verified that that was a picture of me. So they okay. put my picture on the cover of the Toronto Star with a little caption about meeting Trent and saying, where are the others? Yes. And then we did our, the story with the CBC and City TV. And in two weeks, two weeks, we've gone 30 years living in Canada. We've met one each, right? We met 24 out of the 57, wow. like through email. Hi, I'm number five, I'm number 15, I'm number six. And they would identify themselves by this little number that was pinned to our our sweaters. And I was talking to a lady today who was on the flight from Vancouver to Toronto, and we we weren't numbered at that point. So we must have been numbered when we got to Toronto. And so the story is that a volunteer like yourself would be numbered, a child would be numbered, and the same volunteer would work with the same child. And that's why the numbers came about. That's how people were identifying themselves with these, with these numbers. And so it was amazing. We got up to 42 out of the 57 wow. by 2006. So we had so many connections that we said, let's do a reunion. We did a reunion in Oakville, Ontario at the Oakville Conference Center. And uh, we had about 250 people show up for this. Family members, the, all of the adoptees. We met the pilots, the doctors, the wow. nurses. 
Helen Allen, Victoria Leach. It was it was phenomenal, right? Very emotional, as you can imagine. One of the most touching moments, I believe, of the weekend was if the adoptee had strength enough to do it, could stand up at the front and thank their adoptive families wow. for raising them in Canada. And there wasn't a dry eye in the, in, in the room. And mm. so highlight of our life. We all said closest thing to family that we ever thought could possibly Yes, that was like meeting brothers and sisters. It was because volunteers at Surrey Place Center shared the story of these older children feeding the younger children with food and snacks that they had kind of squirreled away at Surrey Place. Right. And because they had the scarcity mentality. Absolutely. But we bonded as such a group that the older ones felt the responsibility to take care of the younger ones so it was really interesting how that bond was still there 30 years Mm -hmm. 30 years later so that was phenomenal to have met the pilots hear firsthand account from them helen allen victoria leach to hear their story firsthand and so you know where can you go from there except that i got an email from a journalist in vietnam and she contacted me directly. Now, maybe she was trying to reach out to Trent as well. I don't know. But she eventually got a hold of me. Right. And said, you know, I'm reading this story about, you know, these adoptees coming back together. She was reading the Hamilton Spectator online. Can I rewrite this story? So I sent her some more information. And I sent her some pictures. And she publishes it with my picture on the cover and tells the story from my perspective. Right. And then she emails me back and says a family contacted her about the article. She had won an award, but they specifically were very interested in the subject, and it was me. Right. And so uh, I said, sure, that's fine. They can, they can contact me. So I gave her my email. And so I get an email to my direct inbox, and it goes something like this. Dear Mr. Ton Campbell, my name is, and then my parents' name are, and we live in Ho Chi Minh City. We have a brother or had a brother that went missing in 1975 and shares this story. And mm-hmm. I'm going, this is, you know, really this eerie. Is, this, yeah. Very yeah. hidden close to home for me. Yeah. And so I didn't have to, but I went to the birth certificate that came with me, that accompanied us. Okay. Yes. Now, curious thing about that paper was my parents had always told me these weren't my papers. They were just official government documents to get us out of the country. Okay. But our parents had to be proven to be casualties of the war for us to be chosen to get on that plane. Wow. Because they only wanted true orphans. They didn't want to have children with birth families that would come looking for them later. So we all had to be proven to be orphans. So these papers were connected to me but not connected to me. And then I get this email saying all these names, and I look at the birth certificate, and the names match up. Father's name, mother's name, wow. birth child's name, right? That's pretty big. Oh, it's huge. <laughs> but I'm also feeling sorry for these family because I'm saying, okay, they've got a connection to whoever's paper this is, oh, but not to me okay. because I was told these aren't my papers. Right. So whoever this person was, maybe they're no longer right. around. Right. So I went to a friend of mine in the... In the um, Vietnamese community, I said, okay, what do I do? How do I prove that this, is, this isn't me? 
Right. And he said, well, the only way you could prove anything is if you did a DNA test, a paternity test. Sure. And I'm like, Montel Williams show, morning <laughs> show, I'm not, you yeah, know. Right. He says, no, 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 do, you can do a test. Like, there's labs that will do tests for shows like that. I said, okay, if you find the lab, I'll do it. So he calls me a couple of days later. Lab Express is in Toronto. They're excited about this story. They'll come to your house in, in Hamilton. So I said, okay, come on down. So we do a little cheek swab, like CSI. We sent the kid over to Vietnam. That was in December 2006. January 2007, go through Christmas, New Year's. Then I get this letter in my, in my box, an actual printed letter with all these numbers, right? And I open it up and my eye just kind of falls to the bottom with this number that's highlighted in red. This is red box. And it says probability of paternity equals and then 99.999%. Wow. And so I actually have a copy here in my book of that sheet. And you can see the numbers and what it says. And uh, so I, uh, I said, you know, this is amazing. Like, and, and I'm not expected at all because I wasn't looking for them right here. And how does one feel at that time? I, can't, I still can't put it into words how I felt. It's just because I wasn't looking for them. Um, I didn't, I, it, just, it was impossible. Right. And it's, it's yes. just, it is. There are no words to describe it. Um, but we, we got on the phone through a translator, and he gets on the phone, and he says, Mr. Wing, thank you so much for taking our call. Thank you for doing the test that we sent you in the mail. I've got really good news for you. The test results came back positive, and you have found your long-lost son. Can you imagine hearing those words? No. And so it went silent. And then he just starts talking and just sharing and sharing. And my translator has to stop him because he wants to translate this for us. And he turns to me and he says, Ton, your father wants you to know three things. First of all, he wants you to know that you were never abandoned. You were never given up for adoption. It was a big mistake you even left this country. That was the first thing. Second of all, we love you very much. Third of all, we never gave up hope that we'd find you one day. And when I heard those words, you know what I mean? They never gave up hope. They just kept on pressing forward. And what, a, what an example that is for my life today. And so I've named this tour that I'm on with my book and my company, Hope for the World Productions Wonderful. and the Hope for the World Tour. Okay. And I want that message to ring true. So I want to say thank you so much for the invitation to come and share this message of hope. Because you just don't know what tomorrow will bring. Okay. And there are people out there in despair, right? And to say, there's always hope. There's That's always right. hope. So I'm going to take this opportunity to stop for a short commercial break. Yes. And uh, when we come back, I'd love to hear more about how your experiences have shaped your outlook on life. Absolutely. I'd be glad to answer that. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner, entrepreneur, educator, and radio show host with a vision of a future where families, neighborhoods, communities, and whole societies support each other, where each of us lives up to our own potential so we can help others in a substantial way, where giving back is something we all practice, whether of our time, our expertise, or our finances. You can reach Lynn with your comments or questions at 519-448-3477 or by email at lynn at That's 
888-888-3477 or by email at lynn at steprate.ca. Welcome back. This is Step Right with Lynn, and I'm your host, Lynn Wedham. We're chatting with Tan Campbell about his life story, and we're going to hear about some of the lessons that he's learned. Well, obviously, from my family in Vietnam, perseverance Mm -hmm. against all odds. It almost became the whole family's job to find me. So they had two other boys. I had two older brothers and a younger brother, Tao. And they just kept on looking and kept on asking. And so that perseverance against finding a needle in a haystack, but just keeping that hope alive. Second, the power of family, right? Mm. You can't choose family. Like, you can choose your friends. You can't choose your family. But there's always that bond. Mm -hmm. And so when we met, it had been 30-plus years since we had connected and seen each other, but there was that instant bond. Yeah. So the power of family, for sure, and to hold on to the family that you have around you and let them know how appreciative they are, because someday you might not have them mm-hmm. around. And so, you know, never leaving your home without saying I love you to your loved ones or every chance that you have. So when I see my kids and I, and I pick them up, you know, they get tired of it, <laughs> but they know that their dad loves them, right? Because yep. I'm saying it all the time to them. So the other is people are, I'm not saying innately good. I don't want to get into that discussion, but there are good people out there. There are people who want to help, right? And so many people along my journey from, you know, just sharing my story to the people that got connected, Trent and I, you know, it was out of the goodness of their heart. They didn't benefit from it at all, but there are people who just like to see good happen in this world Mm -hmm. and I think in spite of all the the news that we listen to that's out there in the media there are good news stories out there and there are people who are doing good out there and that's what we need to be focusing on that's what we need to be emulating that's what we need to be setting the example for our for our kids is yeah okay life has its issues its troubles but what can you do to make this world a better place What could you say to someone today at your school or your place of work that might just make their day that much better? Because it doesn't cost you anything to do that. And so I want to be that kind of inspiration of needle in a haystack, impossible made possible. Absolutely. Every life counts. Every life matters. What are you doing to show that? What are you doing to your neighbor to show that their life matters? Right. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I've been trying to express and share as I'm as I'm on tour. That's great. How can people reach you if they'd like to learn more or if they'd like to book you for speaking? Just um... absolutely. So unfortunately, there is an email address on my website that does not go anywhere. So okay. info at toncampbell.com doesn't work. Info at orphan32 doesn't work. Okay. So I will give it. It's slow. And hopefully you can post it on your podcast, yes. but it's actually Ton, T-H-A-N-H, James, J-A-M-E-S, 32 at gmail.com. That's my direct and only email that I have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, or they can find me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter. Yeah. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on uh, Instagram. So I'm on all of the social media platforms. You can find me either at Ton.Campbell32 or 
You'll find me. Yep. I'm the only so, one. Googling your name works. That, absolutely. But tell them how to spell your first name. So it's T-H-A-N-H. There's two silent H's, but it's pronounced, I help people pronounce my name, Wonton Campbell Soup. <laughs> right? So you will never forget that. So T-H-A-N-H and the last name's Campbell like the soup. So Google that and, and all the information will come up. But I live on Facebook, as my friends know, and I'm doing the Facebook Live yeah, right now. Great. Instagram, I'm just starting to, to grow on. But I really want to get the word out about this art contest because yeah. I want to help promote other people's skills as well, right? And to partner and marry that with this story, I think, is a, is a great opportunity for a young artist to, to be a part of. So I want to get the word out for, for that. And then also... Anyone who's in the movie industry or knows anybody in the kind of the movie industry, we are looking for funding. That's really the only hurdle that we have in getting this movie going. We have a whole team in Cambodia, I believe, ready to go to start filming if we wanted to this summer. It's just trying to get the, the funding in well, place. Well, let's, so, let's yeah. find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Let's find that funding. And where can they get a copy of the book? From presentations, obviously live presentations, you, you can go on to uh, Amazon.com. There are uh, e-versions. We are trying to get a print-on-demand version up very soon. Otherwise, there are some bookstores that are carrying it. I believe it's in the Redeemer University College bookstore. It is at the Gospel Lighthouse in Hamilton. It's at the Good Books bookstore in Oakville. But as far as bookstores, that's okay. it. Yes. And the title of the book again? Oh, sorry. And W.H. Gordon Books in downtown Hamilton. Okay. And the title is Orphan 32. And then the children's book that will be coming yeah. out will be called Orphan 32 Goes Home. Aw, <laughs> that's great. That sounds wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate yes. that. Is there anything else you'd like to share today? Well, part of what I've started through Hope for the World Productions, uh, we've got some magazines that are going to be established and TV shows like our show, Our Ambitious City and Hope for the World TV. We're planning to, to get into events and fundraisers. And uh, just with my background and, and coming from, from Vietnam, a war-torn country, and we have so many people who are traumatized coming from the countries that they, they've come through. Right. Um, in respect and honor of the military who served to keep our, our borders free, we're doing a fundraiser for PTSD. Oh. And the event is actually called Cash for PTSD. And my friend Andy Vickers is a, what I call Canada's Johnny Cash. And we actually have mm -hmm. Johnny Cash's drummer, W.S. Holland, coming oh. to play four shows. So one in London at the Purple Hill Opry. The next one is going, well, actually, that's the second one. The first one is actually going to be at the Warplane Heritage Museum in Hamilton, about okay. 1,400 person capacity. So then we're going to London, Purple Hill Opry. Then we're going to Cornwall at the Port Theatre. And then we're closing off the tour up in Ottawa. So that's happening on June 15th to June 18th. Okay. And it's called Cash for PTSD. And we really want to raise the funds to support for our first responders and our Canadian military who Terrific. are dealing with PTSD. So, and there'll be more events like that that are coming down the tube. We have an event coming up in October that I'm putting on, and it's called the Diamond Butterfly Gala, and it's in support of the Hamilton McMaster Children's Hospital. Wonderful. So, and it's a father-daughter ball. 
that's yeah. cool. So that's cool. yeah, so lots more coming yeah. as well. So information about those two events, cash for PTSD. Yes. If we Google that, can we find it? Yes, you'll find it on Facebook, you'll find it on Twitter, you'll find it on Instagram. And yes. and the second the And the one with the, the Diamond Butterfly, it will be up soon on Facebook. It'll have its own Facebook event page. Wonderful. So, so mm-hmm. search it on Facebook and you'll find it. Absolutely. That's great. Thanks for sharing with us today, Ton. It's well, been uh, really great to catch up. Thank you for the opportunity. And I'll end this show the way I begin my presentations is I want people who are listening to point to yourself, hold your hands to yourself, and say the words, we're going to do this here in the studio, and say the words, I am awesome and amazing. So together, I I am am awesome awesome and amazing. amazing. And I want people to say that to themselves every day because I want them to understand they have value, they can change someone's life, and they can do it in a very powerful way. But they have to believe that they can. Because if you don't believe in yourself, then, you know, you won't make a difference. You won't change. I'm also teaching very young children who are different. You know, maybe they're dealing with different situations. The different people can make a difference. And so appreciating and understanding and valuing how we're all different and different people oh, can make a difference. Oh, such an important message today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for your time. That's wonderful. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. I hope that you'll be back joining me on Step Right with Lynn again very soon. I'm your host, Lynn Wedham. The show is Step Right with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. Wonderful. Thank you, Lynn. Thanks, Ton. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. We hope you'll join us next time. To learn more about mindful money management, we welcome you to go to soundcloud.com and search Step Right with Lynn. We appreciate your follows, likes, and shares. Until next time, remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community.